Good morning. We are in a series called Stewards, Not Owners. And uh, before you say, is that all they ever do is talk about giving? What's the deal? Well, for four weeks a year, that's what we we talk about. But uh, as we said before, this isn't about trying to raise money. We're not trying to get you to give more. We're trying to, for a particular cause or whatever, we're highlighting just that God tells us to be good stewards of the resources he gives, pointing out that we do not own the things that we have. We do not possess these things that they are given to us by God to uh, be good stewards of. The reason why I do it in a specific time of year, because I don't want you to think it's tied to the ebb and flow of giving in the church or whatever. We, whatever we have, that's what we use uh, to do ministry. We trust that you will just be obedient and do what God, uh, give as God tells you to give. But uh, it is something that Jesus does highlight throughout the word. And so we have to, uh, I'm compelled as we share God's word together to take time to talk about something that he does talk about over and over and over again. And we talked about how uh, one of the things we wanna encourage you in and moving toward being a better steward that identifying yourself in a particular place. And, and we start by saying there's this person right here who is the person who's never given anything. And if that's you, then, then that's you. Uh, if you've never given anything to anything, that's where you start. Well, we're encouraging you to this, move to this spot. And this spot is a person who has given something, just given a gift to something to show that I want to, it's God's money and I'm gonna give to something that's worthwhile, something that's not for me or uh, that satisfies me, but to a charitable gift. To move from that person, you have this person who's a person who gives regularly. That's a person who uh, maybe puts $20 in the plate, $50 in the plate every week or multiple times a month or several times a year, but someone who gives regularly. And then there's a person who ties. And tithing is when you give 10% of your income, 10% of the first fruits that God has blessed you with. That's when you take that money and realize that's not your money and you give it to God uh, through the way we give today is through our local church. Back then they gave to the temple and there's a lot of theological stuff there, but just understand that uh, giving that gift to the local church helps to uh, me not to have control of it. I'm giving control of that money over to the body of Christ. And then finally, there's a person who tithes and then gives above and beyond their tithe, uh, who gives to offerings and, and gives to charitable organizations and things like that above and beyond their tithe. So all we're asking you to do is pray about moving, if you're in this spot, just to move to this spot and to to try to move closer to where it is God would have you to be. Because that is the thing we were emphasizing as we study God's word. There is no doubt, there is no debate. He wants us to be people who tithe and give above and beyond our tithe. That's where he wants us to be. That is the model that Christ gave to us He wants us to give all of ourselves to him and to his purposes and so forth. So that's, that's why, that's why we talk about what we talk about. The, uh, the, I hate that I live in an age where I have to mute my watch. That's weird. Um, The um, title of the message today, when you least expect it. And um, that is uh, so many times in life when you and I are not expecting anything. I don't know if you've ever been out on the West Coast, especially, I think it's true on the East Coast too, but when you lived out in Oregon for a period of time, they have these amazing, uh, the mountains of the coastal range go into the ocean. 
And if you've never been on the West Coast, it's, it is very beautiful. But you have all these rocks. These giant rocks are out in the, uh, in the ocean. And, uh, and they have these amazing waves and so forth. And I don't know what it is. They put up fences and signs uh, and say, do not go out on these rocks because of what are called sneaker waves. And, uh, but the best pictures are on those rocks, you know? And so if you want a selfie that's really gonna impress people and get more followers on your social media account, you have to put your life in danger. There's just no way around it. You, that's just a requirement. And so you climb over the fence, go past all the signs and stand there on the rocks. What is really uh, sad though, is the way you're gonna make it on the social media is the other guy who's standing behind the fence who's filming you as you get taken out by a sneaker wave. And, uh, and that's, that's the uh, sad way you're gonna make history. But uh, and, and it is tragic that there, there's the signs are, and sadly I have been that crazy idiot person who's climbed over that fence to get that picture at some point or another. But the warning is real. And I'll, I'll tell you, it is real. And if, you, and if you'll just wait long enough, you'll see it happen. And what it is, is every once in a while, you'll see the ocean, and you'll think, oh, look, there's nothing happening. It's calm and so forth. But a sneaker wave is just exactly that. It's a large wave that comes in, and you don't, really, you don't see it coming. And all of a sudden, this is swell, and it'll be 10, it could be 10, 15 feet, and it will, it will wash over you. And not just wash over you, but it will wash you out to sea. It will smash you up against the rocks and then take you out to sea. And it kills people every year. People die because of that. Now, think about that, though. You know who doesn't die automatically because of that? Are the people who simply obey the signs. The people who simply don't do what the signs say not to do. And that is exactly what we're talking about when we talk about stewardship is we're just simply saying, hey, hear me. God says, here's what I want you to be. Here's what I want you to do. And I'm, and I'm spelling it out for you. And if you don't do it this way, you are in a deadly situation. You know, when we think about the second coming of Jesus Christ, I think we all understand that it happens at a time when we least expect it. And uh, it is very akin to my sister and I when we were growing up. We, um, my parents would leave us. We, I don't know if you, I'm going to really put myself in a dated category here. We had, we couldn't afford stereo systems of our own, but my mom and dad bought a stereo and it was the cab, it looked like a credenza type thing. It was a cabinet thing that opened up the whole lid or whatever with the eight track player here and the turntable here and the AM FM radio uh, that you had the knob on or whatever. And so uh, my mom would use it to play soft music at night that we would all sleep by. That is as much use as our stereo got until they left. And when they left, we pulled out music that we weren't supposed to have hidden in secret places throughout the house. And we would put those records on, Satan's music, obviously. And, uh, and we would play it as loud as those little speakers would go. We would just blast the house out and so forth. And um, one of us was supposed to always be looking out because when I read this, when you least expect it, that's when my parents would always come back home. Uh, that's when they, and they don't knock, you know, parents is how they are. They just walk in their own house. They don't, they don't give you advance notice. There was no Life 360 where I'm monitoring where they are or anything like that at the time. It was just boom. And we had a very short driveway. So it was, if you missed it, it was, you had that little window of opportunity. 
But that's what happens. That's, that's, the, way, that's the way Jesus is saying, I'm going to come like a thief in the night. And, and I remember thinking that I could p- connect those dots. It's going to be like my parents coming home and surprising me. Yet there would be times that I would just get lulled, lulled into not doing what he wants me to do. And, and all of a sudden, days become weeks and weeks become years. And, and all of a sudden, I knew God wanted me to do this. And I pushed it off. And I pushed it off, and I pushed it off, and, uh, and, then, and then it's just, it's not done. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that happens to all of us. But there will come a moment. And it's because we think it's out in the future. It's way out there. I mean, he's not, he's not going to come today. So I got time. I don't have to get all that together today. I, you hear the testimony of so many people who are like, I felt God calling me to ministry. I felt like I needed to be responsible. I remember witnessing to a young man and he was 18 years old and he says, I don't wanna become a Christian now. He goes, these are my best years. I don't wanna waste it on being a Christian. And that, you know, that sounds funny, but that is the logic of so many people. And I told him, I said, hey, you're, you're not guaranteed, you know, this sensitivity that you have toward the gospel right now, that's not guaranteed to be there. You're gonna, you're gonna get into a lifestyle that could suck you in and you may never come back from it. And to my knowledge, he has not. He has not ever come back from it. And that's been many years ago. And uh, because he had that one opportunity and now he's far deeply into a life estranged from God. And sometimes you just don't even believe God is real. We're going to look in Luke chapter 12, verses 42 through 46. As Jesus is teaching his disciples, he shares this parable in verse 42. He says, the Lord said, who then is the faithful and sensible manager his master will put in charge of his household servants to give them their allotted food at at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and starts to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, that servant's master will come on a day he does not expect him. And in an hour he does not know, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unfaithful. 